Welcome to another episode of Profiles and in Leadership Interview Series, sponsored by VGM Advantage. I'm Steve Anderson, your host, and we have a great guest today, Terry Brown. Terry was raised in a farming community in central Nebraska and moved to Kentucky at the age of 19. He was educated for both his undergraduate and physical therapy degree at the University of Kentucky. He has practiced for the past 27 years as an owner in private practice in central Kentucky. He is married to Debbie Brown, a physical therapist, and they have five grown children, two of which have joined the profession of physical therapy. He has served the profession as president of the Kentucky chapter, chair of the APTA nominating committee, and five different APTA advisory committees, and on the PPS board as a director, a vice president, president and currently the president. So welcome, Terry. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Steve. So what introduced you to physical therapy and drove you to become a PT? Let's hear about your journey a little bit. Wow, that's, that goes back a long way. Um, I, uh, I was a, a late college bloomer. I, I kind of uh, went for a year or so and then dropped out and started a contracting business and did that. So I went back to college at 25, uh, finished it about 27, and then said, hmm, now what am I going to do? <laughs> okay. um, and so, uh, you know, I, I took the MCATs, thought I'd go to med school and thought more about that and thought, mm, I don't really have another nine years in my repertoire. So um, I was working in a biochemistry lab at the University of Kentucky and right down the row, floor from us was the physical therapy department. And I thought, well, that looks kind of interesting. I think I'll go in there. Um, so I did. Um, and I went in. I said, you know, could I volunteer? Um, and, and in all honesty, there, there, were, um, there were six physical therapists working in that department, um, all female, all under 30. Um, and I thought, this can't be all bad. <laughs> and that was my introduction. So, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was fun. I, I worked there um, with them for um, well, probably six months volunteering on and off. And I said, yeah. This looks great. This is interesting. Wow. So we heard in Tom's speech last night, in his DICUS acceptance speech, that uh, uh, sometimes when you when you drop out of school and, and take that year off, you don't come back. But you did. I did. That's so, true. Yeah. So what was uh, what, what what's what about that that year off working the contracting business? Said, oh, I don't well, think it, I want to do you this. know, it wasn't a year. It was five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did I and, say a year? Uh, yeah. Five. Yes. And, okay. and my parents uh, weren't too keen on the whole bit uh, because you know at that point uh, I had moved to Kentucky and a long way away from home yeah. um, you know it, it it was time to grow up and you know I hadn't done that I didn't know what I wanted to do um, starting a business and um, you know paying for your own livelihood and staying off the street was a, a great motivator um, you know I grew up working on farms so I knew how to work um, and uh, you know I, I it was a great time. Um, we, we did a lot of deck additions and screened in porches and painted a whole lot of houses. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was uh, on a 40 foot ex extension ladder, uh, scraping paint off the side of a house on a July afternoon in Kentucky. <laughs> and I just said, there's got to be a better way to make a living. <laughs> and that's when I went over to the University of Kentucky and signed up for the fall program. That's um, interesting. So, so, well, and Debbie got a handyman at home. That's what every wife yeah, wants. Yeah, well, right? it used to be. Used to be. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So here's a question I've always had. Now, Kentucky is a pretty small, mostly rural state. Yes. Agreed? So how come it has so many high-powered PTs and leadership positions nationally? It's an interesting question, and I've asked it myself. Um, you know, I, I don't know 
if, if I have the answer to that. I think in some respects, because of the ruralness and because of the geographic separateness, private practice thrived in Kentucky because it was the, the hospitals weren't out there, um, physical therapy wasn't a big thing. Didn't cover it, yeah. Yeah, so I think practices started up um, from people from their areas and things and, and they were kind of innovators. Um, and the uh, earliest private practice was um, in Kentucky was in Lexington with some guys that really grew it um, and it was big. So, you know, I think the innovation of those people is probably what drove it um, and uh, made some great mentors for a guy like me, you know, yeah. coming out and watching what they were doing and, and going, wow, you know, I'd like to do something like this. So was the environment then and now collaborative in your opinion or was it, because uh, you know a lot of times we talk about how PTs can kind of be territorial, pretty competitive, um, you know, you guys seem to get along well, at least what I see in the national meetings, but maybe at, at home uh, not, not so much? Um, you know, in, in, in that day, it's collaborative because nobody was in anybody else's territory. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, you know, if there was any uh, animosity, it was probably between the hospitals not liking those upstart private practice people, yeah. um, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I think now there, there's obviously more encroachment than, mm -hmm. than there used to be. But those of us that have been there a while and, and have done our thing, you know, we're, we're okay with that. Um, you know, we've, we've established it. Um, and we are all willing to help young people starting out on their own. Um, yeah. That's just a kind of a, a, a profile that we utilize in Kentucky, you know, let's get our young guys started, let's get them in private practice. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's more collaborative. Um, yeah. So, so you, you got out of PT school, did you go right into private practice or did you no, work somewhere else no. first? For all? Uh, Tell my, us what happened. There. My first job out of uh, PT school was in a pain management center. Okay. Um, which was a fairly new concept in, in the you know, mid-80s. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was just interesting. Um, I needed a job. You know, I had loans come due, and I was getting married a month after I graduated. So, um, you know, I took this job. Um, it was a great first job. Uh, nobody knew anything. Uh, um, and so it wasn't even open yet, so they just sent me to continuing ed for six months. So I just continued my education. Wow. Um, and got all kinds of things, you know, lots of TMJ work, lots of, uh, you know, exercise and pain management work. Mm -hmm. Pretty innovative stuff for that age. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I lasted a year before I said, I'm going to get out of here. Yeah. Um, and then I went to work in a private practice. Okay. And then what, what, uh, what made you want to go on your own? Um, you know, I, when I went to work for a guy in a private practice um, in Danville, Kentucky, uh, I thought that's where I'd be. I thought I'd, you know, would be a part of that practice and buy into that practice and be there. Uh, it didn't work out that way. Sometimes those things don't, you right. know. But once I was there, um, I knew that's what I wanted to do. You know, there was no doubt in my mind that's where I was going to be in something that I'm running, that I've got control and that I'm seeing patients. In, in a daily basis in that type of atmosphere. Um, so once, when that didn't work out, I started looking for other opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, went to actually um, the group I spoke of who was a, the first private practitioners mm -hmm. in Kentucky um, because I needed a job. And uh, they hired me to run uh, a contract at a hospital. Oh, okay. So I became um, director of rehab at a small rural hospital under contract to these guys. Right, right. Uh, great advantage. I learned all about how contracts work, about how hospitals manage and 
get paid and et cetera. Probably met a bunch of physicians. Met a bunch of physicians, yeah. made a lot of connections. Yeah. Um, and after about two and a half years, uh, they lost the contract. All right. And they said, well, we'll move you another one. I said, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I think I'll open a practice. Oh, that, that, that worked out. So it did. Yeah. And I moved down the street yeah. and opened up a little practice. And that was uh, 1980? Would have been about 1987. No, probably 88. 88. Okay. Yeah. And, and to this day, you're still treating patients. I am. Yeah. I am. I still see patients. Um, yeah. I was three days a week. Now I'm up to four. <laughs> okay. What's happening there? Yeah, we right? lost a therapist. You know how it is. You got to go to work. Got to pick up the slack. <laughs> what do you, what's, what's been the most challenging part of being in private practice, physical therapy? I mean, we, we, we can kind of assume what the great parts are. What's been the most challenging? Um, for me, because I do think it's it's different things are more challenging for different people. Yeah. You know, our skill sets are different, right? We, yeah. We're all therapists, we have that skill set, but we don't all have business skill sets. And, yeah. and I, I think um, the most difficult per, uh, part for me is managing people. Yeah. I, I wasn't really good at that and I didn't get it. I just assumed everybody was like me and would work like me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when that didn't happen, I would get really frustrated and, and I didn't do a good job of managing that. Uh, so. Baptism by fire, I, I've, I'm much better at it than I used to be, but only out of survival. <laughs> okay, so you learned, did you learn anything in your five years of contracting uh, uh, business to, that you could transfer over to the PT world, or, or, or maybe that was the problem? <laughs> well, yeah, they, that may have been. You know, contracting's a whole different story. Uh, you know, I, I learned that, uh, um, you know, they're always looking for a better contract. You know, yeah. from, the, from the day you walk in, no matter how good a job, they're looking for somebody that can do it cheaper or better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, from that point. But uh, I think from managing people, the thing, the, the biggest thing that I learned that was the biggest help to me in managing people was um, you cannot put a person in a position that they have no skill for and expect them to get good at. Okay, um, you've got to put somebody that has that aptitude in there and then help them to get better. And I just expected people, you, you can learn this and do this, you know, and I failed a bunch. So building on that a little bit, so what would you say your leadership style was when you first started and what's your leadership style now? Wow, polar opposites. Um, yeah. Um, and managed by a lot of people. My, my, you know, I was a bull in a china shop. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I, I'm like, you know, I got this figured out. This is the way we're all going to do it. You all do it my way. If you don't do it my way, you need to get out of the way. Yeah. Um, and 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 then honestly, for for many years, it was like that. Luckily, I had a partner um, that as we grew, that um, whose leadership style was to get out of my way and let me do it. Yeah. Um, so it worked. Um, other than the poor employees that had to put up with me. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, it, it, what that had to change, obviously. You know, you, you can only go through so many employees before you, you have to figure out yeah. something's not right. So you learn from your mistakes. Then, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So what's your leadership style now? Um, I think it, it's, it's evolved a lot over, over the last 10 years. Um, I, I'm, I'm a, I like to set a direction. Okay, and then I like people to work with me to figure out how to get where we're going. Um, and if I can set the direction of where we want to be, um, then what I enjoy is sitting back and helping those people figure out how we're going to get there yeah. and not trying to drive that. 
Well, a lot of people argue the number one skill of a good leader is to have the right vision. So that's basically what you're saying. You come up with a vision and then, yeah. and then you got to let people do it. Now, you must have learned a lot along the way because you had a very successful term as a PPS president. And that's uh, managing, uh, or I should, probably shouldn't say manage, facilitating or uh, facilitating a board of, sure. uh, of very successful people that in their own right uh, kind of probably have ideas on how things should be done. And you have to facilitate that. So. Well, yes. I, I mean, you can appreciate it. Yeah. You, you've been there. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'll be awfully flat honest. Um, I, I learn by watching more than, I mean, I read and et cetera, but I learn by watching. That's my mode that I learn. Um, you know, I watched you um, very carefully. I watched Tom DeAngelis very carefully. And I learned a lot from those things. Um, you and Tom have different leadership styles, but, um, you know, I just, I just, borrowed the best and, and, yeah. and utilized them. So yes, it was a learning uh, learning piece and managing uh, a board of directors who have all different types of, of personalities and, and leadership styles themselves um, is a challenge. But you know, I really, really have enjoyed it. Um, I, I don't know that there's anything I enjoyed more than the last three years of watching that board evolve and the things that happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, good for you. That's awesome. I mean, and uh, and people uh, think you did a great job. You had a great. Uh, we're here at the at the uh, PPS annual conference to uh, tape this interview, and uh, it's your last official uh, duty. <laughs> it is. Uh, but you got a great uh, standing ovation from the members who thought you did a great job. So congratulations. Well, thank yeah. you. So what do you think, you know, being the private practice section president and seeing a lot of, you know, you're, you're in a small private practice yeah. and you, a lot of members are in small private practices. So what do you think private practice PT should do more of uh, to, to, to be more successful? I, I think, you know, private practice PT has always been a well-kept secret. Um, and, and so um, we've got to get out in front more. Um, and, you know, we've been saying that for years and how do you do it? And it's a difficult piece, you know, yeah. um, but I, I do think that where, um, where the younger generation has done a much better job of than, than we have is getting out in front of the public. Um, and I think that's where a lot of private practices tend to rest on their laurels or their referrals or their whatever and don't get out in front of the public. And to me, that's where, that's where you're going to be seeing the public creates the demand for anything. Um, and then who pays for that um, will react to what the public wants. Yeah, um, so have you seen a shift in that in your career? In other words, you know, we're probably of the same vintage as far yeah. as doing that. So it used to be all about building a relationship with yeah. physicians. Yeah. Uh, now is it, is it different? Is it, you know, so now you're much more uh, with, with patients and the public, or do you still have those relationships with those physicians? Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I'll, uh, I'll Look at that from two different ways. You're absolutely correct. It used to be all about relationships with physicians. It's all about your referral basis, um, and you know the patient did whatever the doctor told them to do. If it was right. go to therapy, then you wanted to make sure that you were the place they they went to right, that he right. told them to go to. Um, it's way different than that now. I, I don't see you know. I mean, not that that doesn't exist. I'm sure that it does, but you know, you have a much more informed consumer um, who has looked at every option on the internet. Um, silly and good yeah. um, and comes in with all of that in their mind so I do think we are getting out in front of the public we we still have a big job to do to educate the public about who we are and what we do um, but we're doing better uh, at that but you again have to have relationships with physicians what's changed for me is the the nature of that relationship um, when I started 
probably when you started. It, w it was a very, you know, um, somewhat subservient relationship. You know, if I bring you your breakfast in the morning and, you know, <laughs> I give you enough gifts and tickets here or whatever, you're going to give me your patience and I'm going to be eternally grateful. Right. Um, and, and, you know, it was a, it, today it's much more of a, of a um, partnership. Um, and I think developing those partnerships with physician groups is enormously important, but that's what it is. They understand now um, that you have the ability to refer as many patients to them as, as they do to you, yeah. and that's a great relationship to be in. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think, um, what are you most proud of at, with, as your tenure as PPS president? Um, there's, a, there's a couple of things that, that stand out. Um, um, Probably, well, I'll, I'll give you two things that are considerably different. One's more of an internal and one's more of an external. Um, the internal one is we were able to negotiate a completely new contract with APTA for management services of PPS. Um, it was something that I just absolutely had a passion to do before I left. Um, and I'm glad to say um, on, on uh, Wednesday, morning we signed that contract. Just this last one? Yes. Oh, good. Right. Okay. So um, it, it, we now um, are no longer a, a managed section. Um, we are a partner with APTA. Um, we have a relationship, if people would know it, more like the Foundation for Physical Therapy. Okay. Um, we control all of our own employees, all of our own salaries, all of our own benefit packages. Um, and we're, it's a growth process that now allows PPS to move to more staff-driven activities. We've become too big and too many projects to be a completely volunteer organization. You, mm -hmm. Things falter and don't get done. The Titanic turns too slow on a volunteer organization. You have to have qualified staff to be able to drive that. And we were hamstrung under the old contract. Yeah, yeah. You can um, only go so far with volunteers. Right. I mean, you know, and especially when it's, you know, they do it when they have time, which is, is totally uh, normal, you know, so yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, that's, uh, that, that's, uh, that's definitely a change, and I, I can see why you're proud of that. Yeah. So yeah. you had two things. So um, yeah, the second is, is, is a little bit more of, a, of, of something that I fell into and, and uh, didn't know I was any good at, but evidently I must have had some talent for it. Um, but um, I, I think that PPS, um, under, under my tenure, we have been the balancing uh, effort in bringing together different areas of private practice mm -hmm. um, and also bringing that in with APTA. Yeah. Um, and, you know, many of you know there was a lot of, of animosity over um, CPT coding changes into things and, you know, schisms and right. da, da 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 and lots of talk. And PPS was able to be the balancing force there. And I think we've done a really good job of bringing everybody to the table and letting everyone get heard and everybody's feelings being better. And a collaborative nature now being being attempted to be undertaken, agree what we can agree on, work together on what we can work together on. And uh, that makes me feel good because, you know, we love to be our own worst enemy. You know, we got enough people that want to, you know, don't want us around. We don't need to fight each other. Yeah, um, exactly. and, and I think, you know, this whole business of, uh, of being together um, is a great advantage to us. So being able to broker some of that has been a real pleasure for me. And then on the flip side, what's been your biggest challenge? Um, I, I think moving the Titanic, 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, it's been a real challenge to try to. Um, there's great ideas out there. There's great efforts being out there. There's there's great starts out there, but gosh, they move slow. Um, and and you know, we need them now. We don't need them. Um, as Jerry said this morning, 20 years down the road. Right. Um, you know, we, we've got to have things moving now. So it is a challenge to make that happen. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's moving faster. Um, we may be up to, you know, a, a battleship um, instead of the Titanic as far as moving. But, um, you know, it, it's a challenge. Yeah. So you've been in it for a long time. You've been a PT. You've been treating patients uh, many years. Yeah. Uh, what gets you up in the morning and gets you excited? I mean, what, what about that patient experience? You, you just, uh, you still enjoy it every day? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I, I'll ever get tired of seeing patients. Um, I just love the, the challenge. I love uh, the puzzle. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I like evaluating new patients better than I like treating patients yeah. now because I like that challenge. I love that patient that... Uh, comes in and say, I've been to four doctors, two surgeons, and had all these tests, and nobody knows what's wrong with me, yeah. you know, but I hurt. That's my patient. And, uh, it's so interesting you say that because and I've talked with many, uh, in many PT schools and, and then new professionals, and I was always perplexed when, when a new professional would say, oh, no, another new patient, you know, it's kind of like, to me, that's, that's the fun part of yep. the profession, right? New yep. patients, because you, that's what you're doing. You're yep. trying to figure out the puzzle. So, uh, you know, in, in a perfect world, you'd have nothing but new patients. Absolutely. Right? So, Let somebody else treat them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's, uh, th that's an interesting, uh, interesting you say that because I think a lot of people look at new patients. and I mean, everyone likes a new patient, but, sure. the, but they, they look at it as, as being harder or more work intensive or, or more documentation intensive or whatever. So, you know, Lord I knows I can only see two or three a day. Well, you know, that, that doesn't always fly. So. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what, uh, what are you looking forward to? So you're stepping down as president, uh, just uh, as uh, your terms have run out, so you kind of have to, have to do something new. You still work in the private practice. What's the future look like for Terry Brown? That's an interesting question because I, I would say that uh, um, to ask that today um, is completely different than six months ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know is a real answer. Mm -hmm. um, and I know it's something in the physical therapy world. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm about finished with with running a practice day to day. Yeah. Um, you know, I've done that. I've got young partners. Um, it's it's time for them yeah. to run it. Um, it's time for me to step back. Um, but I've got a lot of juice left to do something. So I'm going to take some time. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to figure out what that is I want to do. Um, I'm not sure. I've seen it yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it's out there. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, you don't always have the answer. So and now I heard, I heard today. I, I guess I knew this, but it was reinforced today. That you, so you have two uh, adult children now that have gone into the PT world. I do. I have my oldest son, who's 30, who is a physical therapist in Nashville. Mm -hmm. um, a bit of an entrepreneur. Um, I, I, I'm calling him that because, you know, this week he has a job and next week he may not. Um, <laughs> and that's entrepreneurship. Um, but uh, he's, uh, he's trying to figure out where he wants to be. He's worked in private practice. He's done hospital work. He's done contract work. Um, he's worked for a traveler. Um, and he's just kind of exploring it all and, um, and trying to pay off those student loans um, yeah. um, and doing that. And then my youngest son, um, I have five children, so my youngest son is in his first year at Bellarmine University PT program. Oh, um, so he's just getting 
embarked on his PT career. So yeah. um, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I, maybe we can have the uh, Brown Brothers private practice at some point. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's interesting you say that because I, I do think it's different now with the uh, new professionals coming out. Is, is, is I guess we just went into things we did and maybe we just kept our nose down and did what we thought we should do or whatever, but uh, it's, it's not unusual to hear that story as new professionals of coming out and, and can't exactly find the right fit yet and there's, there is some bouncing around until you find that and, yeah. and it's hard to know. Yeah. You know, it's hard to know what to do, so that's not an unusual story. So uh, usually when we uh, wind these things down, we, uh, we ask for a pearl of wisdom uh, from you in, in relation to leadership. So if you were going to give us a pearl of wisdom and leadership, what would you say? Hmm. Um, when you're in a leadership position, spend some time every day quietly reflecting. Mm -hmm. And be quiet and listen to what the universe, whatever your discussion is, is saying. And when you hear that, act on it, okay? Um, I think we all are busy and we get caught up into day-to-day -day activities and the pressures and we don't take time to sit and listen and reflect. Mm -hmm. And that's when we don't make good decisions. So I think that's the best thing I can offer is taking that time each day to, to listen and reflect. Um, and, and it could be on many things. I and mean, that's, you know, leadership at home and and yeah. in the office and everything. That's great. So you still getting on that bike? Oh, I'm getting on that bike a lot. I've okay, I've got good. about uh, I've got about an 80 mile a week average this year. That's so awesome. That's not bad. Yeah, huh? yeah, so. good. So as you uh, step back a little bit, there'll be more time on that bike, right? Yeah, I, I got a new bike, yeah. so I'm really pretty hyped about that. Yeah, so. that's great. That's great. Well, thanks for being here, Terry. Uh, uh, this is another episode of Profiles in Leadership interview series. Um, I want to thank our guest today, Terry Brown, and thanks uh, VGM Advantage for sponsoring this. Uh, be sure to go to uh, VGM Advantage website uh, and also Orange Dot Coaching uh, website and look at all our um, our whole library of podcasts and video interviews. And um, uh, you, you can see a lot of these, and this will be posted as well. So thank you, Terry. I really Steve, enjoyed being you. with you. So good luck with your, thank you for your new venture. Okay, <laughs> thank you.